What up, people? It's your boy, the host with the most. I'm Chris the Don Juan. Welcome to another edition of I'm Chris the Don Juan Podcast, episode 105. How you living? I'm living swell. We got a lot of stuff to talk about in today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the tragedy at the Rust set. Alan Bolin accidentally uh, shooting... Uh, accidentally shooting someone uh we're going to be talking a little bit about that uh and about the speculation that is growing on at that particular juncture with that uh tragedy right there Uh, also we're going to be talking about the los angeles lakers the los angeles lakers are starting uh this is their worst start and they lost to a lot of uh below average teams as well as the Brooklyn Nets. So the we're going to be talking about the Los Angeles Lakers as well as the Brooklyn Nets. Their struggles. The struggle is real. And we're also going to be talking about a lot of things. So getting ready. The I'm Chris Adam One podcast is about to start in 3, 2, 1. Episode 105. The first thing I want to uh, get my hands on or get my perspective on is, first of all, uh, an RIP uh, for, uh, for the young lady uh, who lost her life. On the set of Rust, uh, apparently Alec uh, Alec Bowen uh, Alec Bowen Boeing uh, cannot pronounce his name. Uh, anyway, he accidentally shot her, and at first, when we got the initial report, they were talking about uh, blanks. Uh, somehow, uh, a blank ac- uh, accidentally shot this young lady and injured the director, and then. It moved on to, uh, you know, actually a live round being discovered. Uh, now, how did the live round get there? Did the person who was in charge of that gun uh, accidentally put live uh, one live round in there? Was there more than one live round? Um, a lot of people are also talking about uh, there was a, a couple of weeks ago, uh they're you know sh- shooting real guns on the set and maybe the ammunition from the live rounds got mixed up with the blanks uh, it's just a horrible tragedy and it just you know every day when every day goes by it just gets worse and worse and worse the, the, the news come fast and furious and with a lot of speculation is the, the lady the young lady who was in charge of the guns and they're pretty much blaming her for this and they talk about how inexperienced she was and i just uh watched a news report on nbc and they're talking they also they was also talking about this young lady uh they also had her not only responsible for uh responsible for that but they also had her responsible for other things and they had her pretty much plastered all over the place as far as her duties and her obligations and her responsibilities. Uh, at first, earlier this week, people talk about how inexperienced she was. She was not qualified uh, to do the job. And a lot of people are trying to uh, put this social injustice factor in it. Talking about how, you know, uh, now more than ever, a lot of jobs want to uh, hire uh, diversity in their jobs and they feel like that's one of the reasons why she got the opportunity to get the job in the first place there were more overqualified individuals that could have that could have done this job they also talked about how they was trying to be cheap they were on the cheap 
And that's the reason why she got the job in the front. It's just a whole bunch of stuff. I also heard a rumor that uh, her father was in this field and she sort of gotten this job grandfathered by him, you know, since he's, you know, got connections with a lot of with with the directors and the producers and the photographers and, and the people that are, are are in charge of the uh, of this type of job. You know, since he knows it's not what you know, it's who you know slogan. Since he knew a lot of people, that's how he got his daughter the job. Uh, you know, so a whole lot of stuff uh, going on with this. And I, you don't know which way it's up. You don't know which is true, which is false. I'm going to say this. Uh, when you're losing a life, when someone loses their life, it, it's, it's not... A, a video game. It's not like you can restart it and replay it. Okay. Um, it, when someone loses their life, someone def definitely has to take uh, responsibility for it. And um, I talked, uh, well, now I haven't talked, but I saw the police, uh, the, 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 you know, I, I heard what the police department is saying. They're basically saying that um, they feel like uh, this latest news it didn't answer a lot of their uh, their questions. It just gave more questions, okay, to and to try to find answers to. And this thing is old. I mean, oh, I'm sorry. This thing is very, very new, and no one really knows uh, where this is going to lead. But ultimately, in the society that we live in. Uh, I remember when Brandon Lee, God rest his soul, when he lost his life on the set of The Crow, um, they basically uh, said that that was an accident and no one had to, uh, Was they didn't point the finger at just one individual. And they feel like with this latest thing that's going on and transpiring on the Rust set, they feel like it's not uh, one person at fault. It just uh, they just did a lot of uh, they just did a lot of things that just multiplied into uh, a young lady losing her life. But I do feel like the times we were in when Brandon Lee lost his life is quite differently than the times that we are in today. Uh, we're in a time where someone has to take accountability and responsibility for any and all actions. And uh, I feel like this young lady is going to really pay the price for it. Now, uh, I feel like ultimately, as far as her getting another job like that, I, I just don't think uh, other film companies or people on the film sets are going to allow her to do that. And uh, I do feel like, uh, you know, someone, someone will have to uh stand in court where they point the finger and say, this is the person that is responsible for this. Now, they were talking about the girl heavily uh, for the past three or four days. Now, they there's a second person, a male, that they're, uh, you know, pointing the finger at to say, well, he, he too is also responsible for this. And it's probably, a, it, I, I feel like it, it probably is not just a, a one person at fault. I feel like it's a combination of, you know, 
of of things that equal to this tragic event. I feel like they were not following uh, protocols. I feel like they were rushing. I, I feel like uh, they they made uh, questionable decisions uh, because uh, one of the decisions I felt like that's questionable to me is why would you have live guns or live ammo? On a movie set, when the props of the weapons look identical to the guns, okay, to the real guns. Why have ammunition when you have blanks, okay? Why would you, for two weeks before you went back uh, recording, these people are out here shooting real live guns on the set? And I feel like this is an entitlement uh, where, where, you know, people, you know, we, you know, other movie sets do this. Why, why can't we, why, why we, we can't do this. Okay. Other, you know, Westerns and, um, uh, war movies and things of that nature, they had live ammunition and live guns. So why can't we, okay. We're just following, uh, protocol. Okay. Even though to me, I feel like you have to eliminate a lot of things in the room to make the room safe. Okay, sometimes you it's, it's you have to do more than child proof it. You have to adult proof it as well. And I feel like with this incident, um, someone had to lose their life for the movie world to take a, a back seat and say, you know what? A lot of things that we were doing may have been common. And a lot of risks that we took were common, but now, nah, fam, we, we can't continue to, to keep doing this. So uh, hopefully they get to the bottom of this, um, you know, keep that that, that lady's uh, family in your prayers. Uh, I, I feel so, uh, it's just a sad, it's just a sad turn of events uh, uh, because of this, okay? So the next thing I want to talk about is Dave Chappelle. And Dave Chappelle is in a lot of hot water with the LBQ uh, uh, community. I'm missing a lot of other alphabets, and I apologize. Um, and apparently, they're not too pleased with Dave Chappelle's um, movie, as well as his last stand-up uh, show that is featured on Netflix. Now... Uh, Netflix, uh, a lot of people that are in that community work for Netflix and a lot of them have walked out due to Netflix pretty much allowing David Chappelle to have a platform. And he said some controversial things, uh, jokes, uh, uh, to that community. And a, a, a lot of people are in that community is not too pleased with Dave Chappelle. Now they want to, uh, have a meeting with Dave Chappelle, uh, the figureheads of that community wanting to have a meeting with uh, Dave Chappelle. And I don't think uh, Dave Chappelle is, is, is that hard to find. I, I feel like he's willing to uh, talk to them, maybe consult them on the, the a lot of things that he has said, um, not only on that stand-up show, but in other stand-up shows other shows and other appearances that he was that he was uh, involved in and was in and to me and once again this is the same thing i said in the last story we're living in a time 
where we're oversensitive. We we live in an oversensitive society uh, where, you know, if, if you say something, it doesn't even have to be something controversial. If, if it just offends anybody, we, we automatically try to cancel this cancel culture thing. And I feel like the cancel culture thing is a cancel is a cancer to the culture. The cancel culture uh, saga is a is a cancer to the culture. It's a cancer to our communities and to other communities. And I feel like a lot of people use this as a sword. Sometimes that sword has a double edge. Okay, sometimes not only it can swing uh, at the individual that you're swinging at, but sometimes it can swing and accidentally hit you, and you end up being canceled. Okay, uh, so I, I feel like we we living in a society where a lot of things that we tolerated. I, I feel like our tolerance is not at the level it it once was. In the seventies, in the eighties, uh, and and also and somewhat in the nineties, I feel like our uh, our I feel like our our tolerance has uh, declined, and we just get oversensitive about everything. Dave Chappelle is not a government official. He's not your president. He's not your mayor. He's not a, a governor. He's not a politician. He's not a doctor. He's not a lawyer. He's not a, 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 an influencer that can change the culture or change someone's life. Dave Chappelle or a speaker. Dave Chappelle's not even a speaker, even though he gets on stage. But Dave Chappelle is a comedian. And I feel like uh, people overstretch other people's boundaries and make them more than than what they are. Dave Chappelle is a comedian. If you want if you don't like Dave Chappelle, you don't you don't you're not inclined to be obligated to watch what he says and what he do. Particularly in today's society, today's technology, uh, how we move, how we speak, uh, social media, w- you know, we can do a lot of things to mute people than back in the 70s or in the 80s or in the 90s. Well, somewhat in the early 90s. Uh, I feel like a lot of people, if if you if you don't like a person, if you dislike a person, you're not inclined to deal with that person, particularly a public official, particularly an influencer, particularly an actor, an actress, an athlete, okay, an artist, okay, you don't have to necessarily deal with them like you're obligated to deal with them, and the only way, uh, you know, you can, um, and that's all, and, that, and that's it. it, there's no if, ands, and buts, you can clearly mute these people if they have opinions that you do not like, that does not match your uh, your life or it doesn't fit the protocols of your culture. You do not have to listen to these individuals. You can mute these individuals, all right? I remember Steve Harvey said something one time. And he said a joke. It was basically a joke, but it was a joke that made a lot of sense. And he was talking about 
um, when he had his radio show and people would call in and talk about how they didn't like this joke. They didn't like this skit. They didn't like when he said this. He didn't, they didn't like when he said that, uh, this, that, and the third. And Steve Harvey said, well, you see that big dial, uh, on your radio, you can turn that dial to whatever station you want to turn to. And this was like in 92, 93, something like that. And he said, you, you're not inclined to listen to him. A lot of things uh, Steve Harvey says is funny. And a lot of things that Steve Harvey said can be considered in, uh, insensitive. And a lot of things uh, Steve Harvey says... I can't co-sign with, and I'm pretty sure there's a multitude of other people that can't co-sign with, but we have the ability to be selective in our content of Steve Harvey. If we want to mute him, totally mute him, we can mute him. We can do that. I feel like a lot of people in America give way, they, they give all their rights, their abilities, their power to these influencers, uh, comedians, actors, actresses, athletes, whatever, uh, uh, singers, whatever, influencers on social media, YouTubers, bloggers, vloggers. vloggers. Um, I feel like we give them way too much of our own responsibility, of our own choices, of our own abilities, okay? We give that away so fast and we don't stop to sniff the roses and say, look, I don't necessarily have to deal with this individual. I can mute this individual. I, I don't have to see this individual ever, ever again. I can eliminate this individual to have contact or to see their uh, to see their content. No ifs, ands, or buts. I feel like we lose all of our power, all of our choice, and we just give it away free willy to these people. And I feel like a lot of people need to uh, grab life by the horns and retake and refocus their ability. You don't have to put up with people that say things and do things that you do not co-sign with, okay? Donald Trump was our president for one term. There's a possibility he could have been our president for two terms, but he was our president for one term. And I did not like one iota of what Donald Trump said during his four years in office, okay? I'm not going to say everything I was turned off with. There was a few things that I can sort of agree to disagree or just simply agree. But the majority of the things that he said, um, I was not a component of it. All right. But I did not let Donald Trump take control of my life. I, if if I choose not to listen to Donald Trump, I can do that. I, I can easily turn to networks or turn to programs that do not include Donald Trump. There was a lot of uh, news networks. There was a lot of uh, networks out there that was uh, against Donald Trump and they didn't, you know, talk about him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Okay. I can easily do that. I never followed him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I never followed him on social media. I don't follow people that I hate or I don't like, or I don't have anything in common with that individual. But I feel like a lot of us do that. A lot of us 
follow people that we hate, that we don't like. And that's sort of weird. You don't like this person, but you're following them. You know exactly what they say, what they tweet, what they post on Instagram, but you do not like this person. I think that's sort of weird. And I feel like a lot of people have given up their ability and their power that, yo, you don't have to listen to these people. And Dave Chappelle, even though I feel like he's a talented community uh, comedian, um, and I have no issues with what he said, uh, because Dave Chappelle has always built his stick on that. Dave Chappelle has said a lot of things about the black community, about the white community, about all other communities. And I feel like the LBCQ, your community is not exclusive to Dave Chappelle's uh, sense of humor. No matter how, uh, no matter how devious you think it is, no matter how clever you think it is, no matter how intelligent you may think it is, no matter how uh, ignorant you may think it is, is you know, it's his. All right. And I have the ability to either listen or not listen. It is just that simple. Okay. Moving on. Moving on to the next topic. The Los Angeles Lakers, the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers are struggling in this early NBA season. And people are going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What is wrong with them? What is wrong with them? You're talking about three teams that have a lot of things in common. Okay. The first thing in common is obvious. They were in the postseason. They played uh, as they advanced. Also, they advanced far uh, further in the playoffs and throw in the Clippers. Okay. Four teams. They have a lot of things in common. They they all been in the playoffs. Okay. They have the most uh, turnover and the um, the most additions to their roster. The Clippers, the Lakers the 76ers, and the Brooklyn Nets. And they also dealing with uh, people that they normally depend on. Ben Simmons for the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Kyrie Irving for the Brooklyn Nets. All right. Kawhi Leonard for the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. LeBron James has been in and out of the lineup. Okay. There was a possibility where Anthony Davis was out of the lineup momentarily. Okay. And they also had the most additions of people that made it to the postseason. And when you got those type of ingredients, you got a recipe for disaster. I've said this numerous occasions on social media on twitter instagram youtube and i'm gonna say this on my podcast and i think i've said this on my podcast out of the nfl major league baseball the nba soccer out of those four leagues when you add additions each each year 
I feel like in basketball, if you don't have chemistry, if you don't have uh, being familiar with other players, and it doesn't take it, it takes longer than just a few games. Sometimes it takes a season. Sometimes it takes more than a, than a season. And when you're depending on people that, particularly your star, your superstar, and they're out of they're out of they're out of the out of a multitude of games, the struggle is real. Now you have to depend on other people that you wasn't necessarily depending on in training camp. So let's start off with the obvious, the Clippers. The Clippers are dealing with the services of Kawhi Leonard. Now, the now the Clippers have demonstrated the Clippers have demonstrated in the postseason that they can win, they can win some competitive games, they can win some playoff games without uh, Kawhi Leonard, but are you depending on that for the whole entirety of the playoffs and uh, the NBA Finals? That are you depending on that regularly? No, you're hoping that Kawhi Leonard comes back sooner rather than later. And now they're just scrambling. They're in scramble mode. They're trying to figure it out and trying to win enough games so where they can at least be somewhat competitive when Kawhi Leonard returns to uh, the Clippers. The Brooklyn Nets are dealing that is dealing without the services of Kyrie Irving. They're they're dealing with life without Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving is not going to uh, uh, be vaccinated. He's not taking the vax. Okay. And that's his decision. That's a personal decision. But at the same time, his decision is affecting the team. And now the team is in scramble mode. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to win enough games. So when Kyrie Irving, maybe this, this mandate lifts in New York City where you don't have to be required to take the vaccine or Kyrie Irving, uh, you know, have a change of heart and a change of mind. Says, you know what? I'm going to take the vaccine for the benefit of my team, the betterment of my team. Maybe uh, Kyrie Irving uh, look at it that way, or maybe the mandate gets lifted and then Kyrie Irving can return to the Brooklyn Nets. Either way, that's what the Brooklyn Nets are hoping for, for each thing to happen. The Philadelphia 76ers, they're dealing, they're dealing with life without Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons had made it public that he does not want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers due to a lot of things coming out of the Philadelphia 76ers organization and out of the mouth of Doc Rivers. He does not like it. Uh, even Joel Embiid said uh, some some threw some jabs at Ben Simmons. Now, recently, he communicated to the Philadelphia 76ers fans that uh, we should support Ben Simmons. Uh, I feel like Ben Simmons has a lot of demons, first first and foremost. Um, I feel like mentally, uh, I feel like uh, mentally he has suffered uh, with the fans as well as the media as well as the distrust in the organization as well as his head coach and that's playing a major factor on Ben Simmons performance and that's also p- playing a major factor on why Ben Simmons wants to go elsewhere he wants to get away 
Like that Southwest Airlines commercial. You want to get away? He wants to get away from the Philadelphia 76ers. He wants to go somewhere where they love him. Where the organization loves him. The fans love him. You know, when you throwing out positive energy to a positive person, that positive person is going to appreciate that. And you're going to get the very best from that positive individual because you given positive energy. And Ben Simmons is that type of individual like the majority of the rest of us. All right. Some people can hide their emotions. Some people can play through uh, criticism and uh, and hate and things of that nature. And other people can't. Doesn't mean doesn't necessarily mean Ben Simmons is weak. He's weak minded. No, we all are not built the same way. We all have ups and downs. It, it, ultimately, how you uh, get up. Every time you get knocked down, how you get up. Okay, and some people get up uh, straight up and take another lick, and other people get up and they figure out a way how they won't get hit again. So that's the situation with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid in the Philadelphia 76ers organization, right? Then last but not least, the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Los Angeles Lakers, as well as the other teams I mentioned, they all have the same ingredients to this recipe of disaster. But I feel like out of all the things, out of all the teams I mentioned, I feel like there's a silver lining at the end of the road with those other teams. Kawhi, uh, Kawhi, uh, I about to say Kawhi Irving, Kawhi Leonard coming back to the roster a, a lot sooner for the Clippers. Kawhi, uh, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> I about to say Kawhi Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving coming back to the roster of the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons maybe has a change of mind and a change of heart returning to the roster of the Philadelphia 76ers or uh, the Philadelphia 76ers organization trades Ben Simmons and give him his wish. Either way, he's going to be happy and that can probably happen sooner rather than later. OK, depending on the team standings and how the team is struggling. OK, these uh, these teams I just mentioned, it, it's a, a simple cure. With the Los Angeles Lakers, it's not that simple and it's more complex, okay? So, let's look at the Los Angeles Lakers. For the past four, three years, I want to say three solid years. Now, let's go ahead and say four years. The Los Angeles Lakers had, is having the most turnover. Players that are, you know, have the most turnover of people being added to the roster. They don't have the same cast members. Remember, LeBron James, when he went to the Los Angeles Lakers, he went all alone, and it was LeBron James and that young group of Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, um, uh, Kuz, uh, and some other young players. And LeBron James' first year there, uh, he got an injury, and when he came back, he couldn't get the team where they're supposed to be. Um, the second year, they were pretty much uh, trying to get Anthony Davis, and it was packaging 
basically their future as well as their young talent to get the services of Anthony Davis. Uh, somehow, some way they got him. Uh, by, but by doing that, they gave up a lot of draft picks and they also gave up Alonzo uh, Ball, Brandon Ingram. Okay. Third year, Kuzma is there. And I feel like this is the bubble year. Kuz was there and they won. All right. And uh, every, life was good. All right. Uh, fourth year, you know, they give, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, they, you know, they got, uh, they got LeBron, they got Kuz, they got Anthony Davis, and they also, uh, got Dwight Howard. Uh, they also got, uh, uh and uh, other character, I mean, other players and they won the NBA championship and, but that was the bubble format. Last year, there was defending their, uh, they were running it back. Uh, they were defending their title. You knew that this was not going to be good for the Los Angeles Lakers because you kept hearing, uh, the t- uh, you know the season came too quickly. We didn't get enough rest. We didn't get we didn't recoup. We didn't recoup, even though they had a lot of additions to that roster. They given up on uh, Dwight Howard and Rondo because they did not want to pay them that type of money. They had to go elsewhere, as well as other players that they had on that roster, and they went back young again. They got uh, Dennis Scrotum, and uh, I forgot the and I forgot his name. Uh, he played for the Clippers, and the Clippers didn't want him, so now he uh, was playing for a contract. Both of these players were playing for a contract, and they got the brakes beat off of them by the Phoenix Suns. This year, they get rid of Kuz. They get rid of. Uh, uh, they get rid of, uh, I, for, I forgot the player's name. I'm so sorry. I'll probably remember his name a little bit later. I used to say his name all the time. They went to the Wizards. In return, they got Russell Westbrook. They got Carmelo Anthony from free agency. Okay. They got Rondo. Okay. Uh, they still got Anthony Davis. They got LeBron James. They got Dwight Howard. All right. So there's a mixture of players that they had when they won their ring, won their title, plus new additions of uh, Carmelo Anthony and Russell Westbrook. And a lot of people saying that this is going to be uh, LeBron's most challenging roster yet. I made the point that when they were, when they were done in free agency and they got their roster, I made the point that the Los Angeles, before they even played a single game, uh, in preseason or the regular season, I made the point that this roster reminds me of when LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and um, Kevin uh, Kevin Love, uh, and then they uh, got Isaiah Thomas, they got Dwayne Wade, they got Derrick Rose. Remember those that roster that and Green that LeBron James. Uh, wanted he wanted those players to play uh, to play with him with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and it went off, and they did, uh, and they they started off horrible, all right, 
And then the light switch clicked and turned when they started trading those players that they signed in free agency or traded for in free agency in the summer. And then all of a sudden the light switch came on, but a little too late. They didn't even uh, uh, make it far. Okay, LeBron, it was pretty much LeBron and a cast of other people, Rodney Hood and and a, a cast of others, okay? And then LeBron James went to La La Land. He, he wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker because ultimately that was his dream, right? And I, feel, and I made the comparisons that if you look at that Cleveland team, Remember, LeBron James was co-signing all those players. He wanted those players. He said, I want these guys. Okay. And Kyrie Irving wasn't even on that team at that particular time. Kyrie Irving got traded for Isaiah Thomas. And Kyrie Irving went to Boston because he wanted to be his own man. And we all know what happened with that story. I'm not even going to talk about that story on this podcast, particularly this episode. But you get you get my drift. These players were handpicked by LeBron James. And when I mean these players, the Los Angeles Lakers. You got you got Carmelo Anthony, who has changed his play ever since, you know, ever since he got back into the league. Uh, he's been bouncing around, but he's pretty much been a solid contributing member of the Portland Trail Blazers. And he, he changed somewhat, a little. He's not a ball-dominant dom, player. But he's only effective if he has the ball. Carmelo Anthony can't do a multitude of other things and score. Particularly in his advanced, his, uh, his age, he's a little bit older. You know, if, if you spot, if you spot uh, Carmelo Anthony in the right places, he's going to get you some points. If... There's a night where LeBron ain't playing and Anthony Davis is off a little bit and Russell Westbrook is either not playing or if he's off a little bit, he can get you the points, all right? But when you're trying to include his talent with and, to, and with his talent and chemically balance the rest of the, count, the talent on that roster, it's going to be an issue. It's, uh, it's going to be hard, very hard. It's not doable. It's undoable. You got uh, Russell Westbrook. They let Russell Westbrook. They they said Russell Westbrook is going. Is not going to change. He's going to be the same Russell Westbrook that we saw uh, with the Wizards, with the Houston Rockets, and with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's the same. He hasn't. He's not going to change. He's going to be Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is older himself. He's an ISO player. He can do a lot of amazing things, like get a triple-double. But how that applies to wins and losses has yet to be determined. Russell Westbrook has been uh, has scored a triple-double three out of four years. And of those three out of four years, his team has not advanced. It simply has not advanced. Translation, what he's doing on the court doesn't really mean a lot to you in the overall scheme of things as far as wins and losses go. All right? 
Then you got LeBron James and you got Anthony Davis. Now they're willing to to make all the sacrifices. They're willing to switch positions if they have to. They're also willing to let uh, Russell Westbrook just be Russell Westbrook. He's going to be the point guard. Uh, also, they're willing to allow Carmelo Anthony to also to be Carmelo Anthony. All right. Even though we have said numerous years, you know, Carmelo and when he was in his prime, we we have all said this. You know, if you if Carmelo Anthony can just work on him, just just be a spot up shooter, he'll be so efficient. But Carmelo Anthony wanted the ball. He wanted to be the man. He wanted to dictate uh, if the team if the team's going to win or lose. And I remember someone saying this, and I think it was Chauncey Billups himself. He said, quote, Carmelo Anthony, if he scores 30 points in a loss, he's more happier scoring 30 points in a loss than scoring 10 points in a win. Now, Carmelo Anthony has changed and uh, has evolved since that statement. But still, if you look at his talent, his talent does not fit and it does not match with the other talent that's on the roster. They're going to try this experiment. I feel like the Lakers are going to try this for like 20 games. And they're going to look at the standings. And if they are competitive, if they're like third and fourth in the West, I feel like they're going to they're going to continue doing this until they they just start falling off. But if they fall off early, I see uh, I see Vogue as well as other uh coaches on the coaching staff is going to walk up to him and say, "You know what? I feel like all of these players are tremendously talent, talented, but we can't put them all on the same court, on the same floor. Somebody is going to have to come off the bench." Rondo is a step slower, and he's uh, he's he's a year older. They need a point guard to be their floor general. Now, easy thing to say is to make LeBron be the point guard. If they let LeBron James be the point guard, then then what good is having Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook is a terrible two guard. And he's not going to uh, play the three. Now, sooner rather than later, they're going to have to stick to a script. They're going to say, hey, look, this is the script. We're going to follow the script. I feel like the Lakers are more talented and more successful when LeBron is the decision maker of the basketball. And then you just build around that. I feel like Carmelo Anthony... He has the capabilities of just being a stopper, a, a spot, a spot, a, a spot shooter. That you'll be in a certain area on certain plays. If you're there, I'm gonna throw it to you. Any other, anything other than that, we're not going to utilize you uh, for that role. And he's gonna be better efficiently that way as well. I feel like also there's decisions that's going to be made. Uh, I feel like Rondo is more of a player's coach. 
he can't contribute to the team as far as just being a player. I feel like his IQ and um, just being a voice in the locker room can contribute and help the Lakers. But as far as Russell Westbrook go, I feel like now Russell Westbrook may not be on board with this, but I feel like Russell Westbrook should uh, come off the bench. When LeBron's taking a breather, when Carmelo Anthony's taking a breather, you start throwing combinations like maybe Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. I feel like that's a good combination for Russell Westbrook. Uh, or Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. That's a great combination for Russell Westbrook. And maybe a few plays uh, out of a game, maybe um, um, LeBron and Russell Westbrook. But all of them together is going to be a nightmare. They have already came unglued. You've seen fights uh, 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 <laughs> You've seen fights at uh, where they uh, sit at on the sidelines. Is is is? I feel like they're going to give this 20 games. And if they're in the negative when the 20 games are up, they're going to try something different. And I think they're going to they're going to try a comp. They're going to try this. What I just mentioned or a combination of this, a hybrid of this to save face and to make LeBron and to make uh, Russell Westbrook happy and Carmelo Anthony happy. And I think uh, that's what they're going to do. Uh, I don't see this working. Okay. Well, that's all I got for today's episode. I done did 45 minutes. Damn, I only got 60 minutes to say. I appreciate everyone out there that's been listening to the I'm Chris Don One podcast. Support the podcast by sharing it with your friends, family, and followers. Uh, also, give it a review on iTunes. Uh, answer the questionnaire on Spotify. And support it wherever you listen to the I'm Chris Adam One podcast. I will see you guys next Saturday. Same bad time, same bad channel. It's your boy, the host with the most. I do not brag or boast. I'm coming to you live from coast to coast. It's your boy. I'm up out of here. Outro, people. Outro. I will see you guys next Saturday. Deuces.